Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Should we just bow our heads for a prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for John the Baptist. We thank you that he was a man not without struggles. And as we look at this today, as we hear your word afresh, I pray that you'd speak into our hearts and minds and give us faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you full of faith or do you sometimes doubt? Do you sometimes, or maybe somewhere in the middle, do you sometimes look around at the world and think, it it must be going wrong. This isn't what I expected. We look at Syria. We see all those children in the refugee camps outside Syria, freezing in in winter conditions. And we think, how can this happen? It's wrong. Something's going wrong. God isn't really here, is he? We can, we can have doubts. Things in our lives happen as well, at work, in our families, in our church, almost anywhere. We can see things going on and thinking, it's not what I expected. Is something going wrong? Is God really in this? Well, John, as we'll see in a moment, John the Baptist had a moment like this. And we'll take a look at that in a, in a moment. You might be relieved to know that he too struggled as well as to whether Jesus really was the Messiah. And his struggle, I think, can help us to understand how to have faith when doubts crowd in on us. John the Baptist believed the promises of God in the Old Testament about a coming Messiah and the kingdom that he, and that he would establish. And he also saw himself as an intrinsic part of that coming Messiah. 
In fact, he quotes in Matthew chapter 3, earlier on in Matthew's Gospel, he quotes the prophet Isaiah saying, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And John believed that he was that voice in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. And so he would have known our first reading this morning, also from the book of Isaiah. And it's the kind of passage that maybe can help us feel full of faith. Isaiah is describing to the people of Israel an amazing vision. These people are facing the prospect of being overrun by their enemies and then being exiled to a foreign country. And although Isaiah isn't saying it's not going to happen, he paints a picture for them of the future, a future of what the world will ultimately be like when God's kingdom comes in its fullness. And he describes deserts and wilderness places that will blossom and flourish. And he describes a time when God will come and put to right all the things that are wrong with the world. And he describes a time when the blind will see and the lame will leap like a deer. A wonderful picture, a beautiful vision that the people can hang on to in difficult times. What about our vision for the future of our community here, our church community and the wider community? What would be your vision if God's kingdom came in our parish? How would it be different? What would it look like? And in fact, that's what we're really asking you to look at with our mission action planning. We gave out those booklets. They're asking you to to think about where would God like our church and our community to go. So do please be pulling it off your shelf and uh, prayerfully considering it and responding by our deadline we've got on January the 12th. I had a vision for this community, funnily enough, about four and a half, five years ago, long before I even knew I'd, I might even be coming here as a vicar. And, um, but I used to drive past here twice a day for years and years and years. I used to look at the church. And in 2009, I wrote down a kind of vision of what I imagined the church and the community to be like when God's kingdom comes. And I've, I'm going to read you a little bit of it. St. Matthew's will become a hub of activity, the very centre of a vibrant, believing community. Boarded up buildings in the area will be restored. There will be a new sense of hopefulness. There'll be no stopping the creative ways that people find to bring the love of Jesus to the lives of more and more residents in the area. The church will, wait for this, the church will become known for its regular outdoor baptisms when new believers each month will line up for the icy plunge accompanied by joyful outbursts as crowds of churchgoers cheer them on and there will be no room to move when the bishop comes to lay hands on dozens of confirmation candidates each Easter. St. Matthew's will become a magnet for young people who want community in a safe environment and this will change the whole atmosphere on the streets. After church services, hundreds of people will flow out of the church, excited about their faith, enjoying their Christian friendships and born on a newfound hope for the future. That was was my vision four and a half, five years ago. And, And I'm sure that you would have different visions. And that's the whole point. For all of us to feed our own ideas about what 
the church could be and what the parish could be as God kingdom, God's kingdom comes more and more. And that's what the mission action planning is all about. But there's a problem as well. Because doubts can creep in. We can think, well, actually, this isn't, this isn't what I really expected. And so we wonder, is God really in it? For those who've worshipped here for many, many years, some of you might be thinking, it's not what I expected. For those of you who came in 2011, you might be thinking, but it's not what I expected. For those of you who've come to the St. Matthews in the last two years, well, you are truly blessed. Because <laughs> you don't know any different. <laughs> the good news is that our gospel reading gives us a real insight into these troublesome questions when we doubt it's not what we expected. So let's take a look at the gospel reading. John is in prison. Now, actually, before we go any further, we've got to say, hang on a minute, what's John doing in prison? I mean, John the Baptist is the one chosen to prepare the way for Jesus, the Son of God. He's even Jesus' cousin. He's baptised him, and he's had this fantastic ministry on the Jordan River where half of Jerusalem have poured out of the city, and they've come to be baptised by him. What is he doing languishing in prison? Well, interestingly, a bit like Nelson Mandela did for 27 years, John the Baptist was paying the penalty for criticising the leaders of the country. He'd accused Herod of ungodly behaviour, and he was now paying for it. And he would pay for it with his life. And while he languishes in prison, John begins to have a crisis of confidence. We read in verse 2, when John heard about the deeds of the Messiah he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Why is John beginning to have doubts? After baptising Jesus in the Jordan, after seeing the Holy Spirit descend on him, why is John having doubts? Well, the text tells us that it was when he heard about the deeds of the Messiah. Well, that's strange, isn't it? Because surely for us, we think, well, if he'd heard about these wonderful deeds Jesus was doing, surely he would think that that was proof that he was the Messiah. But John came from a long messianic tradition that thought that the Messiah would return in power. So they would have more expected Jesus to raise an army and overthrow the Roman oppressors and set the country to rights. But instead, what they got was a humble saviour. And so John sends his disciples off to find Jesus and asks him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus sends a reassuring message back to John, effectively quoting back to him that Isaiah passage. He says, go and tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, the sick are healed, the deaf hear. Isn't this the kind of thing that Isaiah was prophesying exactly in our first passage? His message to John is, yes, I am the Messiah who is fulfilling the prophecies that you read about in the scriptures, even if it doesn't look like what you expected. And that's really the great challenge of faith for us today. That's what life is like. Things don't always go the way that we expect them to. 
And then it's easy to feel like John, maybe something's going wrong. Maybe God's not in this. And so we begin to doubt. This kind of thing happens in all areas of our lives. A new boss takes over at work, and we we imagine that it'll be like this, but it's not. It's like that. An elderly relative comes to live with us at home, and we think, well, that'll work out. It'll be like this. But it turns out to be something much, much more demanding than we ever imagined. And we wonder, were we wrong? Did Did we make a mistake? The black population of South Africa, who wonderfully won their freedom back in 1993, expected that there would be equitable wealth across the country probably by now, but it hasn't turned out like that. Yes, a lot more of black South Africans are wealthy, but there's still a massive gap between the rich and the poor. And some people are thinking, is it going the right way? Has it gone wrong? And people begin to doubt. And John is in prison and he's doubting. Is this really the Messiah? The doubts creep in. And what does Jesus do? He quotes Isaiah, as I've said. But what what is he really doing when he quotes Isaiah? He's drawing attention to the signs of the kingdom that are accompanying Jesus' ministry. He's pointing out that what people are seeing Jesus do is indeed what the prophets predicted hundreds of years earlier. And so, and so what can we do when we have doubts? Well, one of the things that I like to do is to have a look around and, and see what's going on. And um, bef- as I was preparing this talk, I was reflecting on some of the things that have been sort of going on in our church and in our parish over recent months. And here, here, I've got a little list of them here. At the younger end of the scale, in October, more children than ever came to our half-term holiday club. At the other end of the scale, we ha- Lunch for Seniors has, um, has kicked off and I think will grow in the future. And Coffee Shop Lunch Stop is bulging at the seams. Some people couldn't even get in. It was so busy last time we ran it. And then... Over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've put 4,000 invitations through the doors of the parish. Next year, apparently, it's got to be 6,000, but we've done two-thirds of the parish anyway. And this year, for the first time ever, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, no, not the first, first time for years, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, we're holding a carol service at the Bean Sheaf Community Centre, taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the other end of the parish. I've seen... Around in the church family, people growing in their faith. One home group leader said to me that they had grown more over the last two, two and a half years in their relationship with God than they had previously in their journey of faith. And several people from our fellowship are going to be confirmed by Bishop Andrew here on the 16th of March when we have our confirmation service in the spring. Another sign is that unity in the churches is flourishing in a way it never has before in Southcote. Southcote Alive has seen the birth of Carols in the Square, which is growing every year. Alive and Kicking, the youth outreach down at the Mission. And next year, in the new year, Cafe Alive is starting up at the Grange. And all of these initiatives are supported by all three churches working together. Jesus' greatest wish was for unity 
among believers. And that's what we're seeing here in our parish. These are signs of God's kingdom. These are indications that God is in this. The relationship with the schools is better than ever. This year, Manor joined Southcote Primary to sing carols in the square. They brought their choirs and they did a, a brilliant job last night. St. Matthew's is delivering a significant portion of the RE curriculum to Southcote Primary School. They come up for RE Inspired. And this term, we've done assemblies at Calcut Primary for the first time ever as well. And there's a brilliant story that happened re- recently, I must tell you, um, at the last Connect meeting when, perhaps it was the one before last, but I had a, an email from one of the teachers at Southcote Primary, Emma Rawlinson, and she said, we're teaching the children about the Second World War. And what we'd like to do is to help them understand what it meant for children when they were evacuated during the war. And so what we'd like to do is to evacuate Year 5 from Southcote Primary up to St. Matthew's. She said, would that be all right? And I said, well, the church is empty. You can use the church. And uh, she said, oh, but it'd be really nice if there's a group of people who, who, who are at the church when the children arrive, and they could pretend to be host families, and they could choose children from, from all the children that come. And some of them wouldn't be chosen, and then they'd learn what that feels like. And so I asked the Connect group, and the Connect ladies said, yeah, no, they'd be glad to do that. And so... They did that, and the year five, all 60 children, whatever it was, came up to the church, and they, and they chose children um, from, from among the, the, all the children who came, and then they sat down with them, and they discussed what it must have been like to, to, with food rationing, the things they couldn't have had, had, possibly. And then an amazing thing happened, because I don't know, I don't know exactly how it happened, because I wasn't there, but Jenny Connabeer, it turns out, our Jenny Connerby, had been evacuated as a child to at least on two, three, four occasions. I, I didn't know all the details. But, and so she, in front of the children, told them exactly what it was really like to be evacuated to different families. Some of them were, were kind and nice and others weren't so. And the children and the adults were spellbound as she told them these real-life stories. I think that's amazing. Isn't that a fantastic sort of God incidence where we're able to serve the community um, in such a wonderful way? And I bumped into Emma Rawlinson, actually, the following day um, as I was walking into Reading, and she said what an amazing time it had been. And when I see all these things going on, I know that I'm seeing signs of God moving among us. And I'm reassured that although I do wobble from time to time, like John the Baptist did, that the signs of God working in and through his people reassure me that even if I don't know what's going on all the time, that God knows what he's doing and what he's doing is good. And even if it's not what individually we expect things to be like, God's kingdom is marching forwards. There's a long way to go. There's much that needs doing and changing and transforming in our community. The blind are not yet receiving their sight, and the lame may not yet be leaping. But I think spiritual eyes are being opened, and others are standing taller and straighter as they find a God who loves them just for who they are. And others' faith is being fanned into flame as they experience the Holy Spirit living in them in a fresh way. And I'm excited about Christmas and all the Christmas services and the opportunities to share the good news of God's love. 
But I'm also excited about all that God has for us in the future next year. And as we do this mission action planning, we will discover more and more together about what God has for us in the future. Jesus' final words to John the Baptist, his very last words to John the Baptist were, blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me, which is first century messianic language for hold your nerve. That's how it's meant to be. It's what God intended. So may the signs of the kingdom give us faith when we doubt, and may we all engage in discerning what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen.